MP, it's our final event of the year. Oh, it's all a bit sad, Bretto, but after four big events for 2018, we are going out with a bang with one more wellness base camp, and the location for this one is regional Victoria, the great town of Bendigo awaits. Oh, and how's this for a lineup, MP? Bendigo will be rocking with the rock star of wellness, Damien Christoph. The art of self-love angel herself, Kim Morrison, hits the stage. As will the natural nutritionist, Steph Lowe. And I'll tell you what, Steph's presentation at the summit on fasting was a showstopper. You'll be there, Bretto. I'll be there too. And Wendy Stewart from Wendy's Way will be there to share her inspirational story, which really did go off at the Wellness Summit earlier this year. It's Saturday, October 27 at the beautiful All Seasons Resort Hotel in Bendigo and tickets are selling fast. Two for one tickets for this one day of inspiration, information and empowerment are available at thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's right, folks. Get your two for one tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com before they run out and then the price goes up. Finish your year of wellness in style at the Wellness Base Camp in Bendigo, Saturday, October 27. Tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com. Wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Joe Witten, welcome. It's so good <laughs> to be with you. I haven't spoken to you for at least five seconds. Yeah, I know. It's, how, do you, how do you cope? Oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing, Joe. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm I'm doing great. It's Friday. It's my favorite yeah. day of the working week. Yes. And Saturday is my fa- favorite day of the weekend, and then Sunday afternoon <laughs> I start getting miserable again. And then because oh, his work is so Sunday. hard for you. I hate, yeah, I hate it. I hate <laughs> the commute, the getting on the bus. Hold on, I don't do that anymore. Whew. See, it's just, just a really, memory. It's just a bad memory. Yeah. Of- Sunday yeah. afternoons, but now you can be happy on Mondays. Yes, Yay. I am happy. <laughs> what a sunny day we've got here. Oh, me mountains. too. All, it's so alive. Like there was just, in winter, everything was just like dormant. It was in high yes. winter. And now everything's like, bloop, 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 bloop. everything's happy. Everything's just so like hiding and full of life. Yes. Uh, we had some, uh, a bit of rain in the, in the last week, so it's been great. The grass is growing back. Do you get bushfires in Farmers Music? Yeah, we've had a lot around um, west of where we are. There's been a lot of um, oh, either bushfires or burning up, I don't really know, but the horizon's been smoky a lot. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't, you don't live in fear of Like I've got no, bushfires. No, 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 no. No, not where we live. It's wet. Yeah. Okay. Mostly. Gotcha. Well, yeah. there we go. Um, uh, yeah. I live right next to like a big forest. So yes. when it was dry recently, I was going for a walk and everything just like was waiting for a spark. I was like, yeah. I was so worried. I thought yeah. like, just the, the smallest flame was going to set this whole thing on fire. Mm. And then it started raining and everything is drenched now. So, you yeah. know, it'll hold off for a while. Oh, that's good. Oh. Uh, actually, uh, while we're on the subject of, rain and drought um i want to mention that i'll be cooking at a fundraiser um for the farmers in Cairns on the 17th of november um we're doing a fundraiser to help um 
supply money for farmers in drought areas. Right. And um, I'll be cooking for two hours in the afternoon at Bar Street Pharmacy. They've got a big whole day planned and they're going to be putting out the, I think they've already started putting out the um, advertising for it, but they're doing a big barbecue, they're doing a bake-off. Oh. Um, I'm doing a healthy cooking demonstration. So there's stuff going on all day. Who's doing the unhealthy cooking demonstration? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> you should come and help me for what? No, Joe, I'm sick of airplanes. I just want to rest for a little bit. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And you're coming, coming up. up for the photo you're coming up. Yeah. Mm. Actually, when is that? Uh, is November, is it? December? I don't know. It'll be, yeah, it'll be, oh. it'll be end of November, start of December. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, so you can't really come up for this. No, not too much. Never mind. travel. Darwin, Alice, <laughs> Perth, that's enough for me for a while. I'm excited yeah. about Darwin. Yeah, me too. We've yeah. done only one. Oh, what's the day today? We've got less than a week and we go. Yes. Don't we? Yeah. Yeah. So next week. When, yeah. I, when am I flying? When did you book? Did you book my plane tickets yet? Yeah. Oh, it's good. the 25th. 25th. <sighs> Wow! Awesome. No, sorry, no, no. The twenty fourth. We better we better make sure we leave on the right day, or we'll miss the seminar. Yeah, twenty fourth <laughs> for sure. Uh, so the seminar is on the twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. I'm flying and on the twenty fourth as well. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. We are. That's the so Wednesday. Yeah. Darwin twenty fourth and Alice Springs twenty sixth. So we've got um, just a, just a few days away. We won't be away for a long time. Mm. But we're really looking forward to going to the Northern Territory, even though it's going to be terribly hot. <laughs> yes. Wear your cool clothes, Pupu. Well, I'm, I'm from the mountains. I don't have cool clothes. I, don't, I only have underwear, Joe. So. Well, you could buy a sarong maybe. Ooh, there's nothing <laughs> sarong with a sarong. <laughs> okay, that could be scary. Yes, I would not do that. Just for everyone's, you know, involved, for everyone, not just myself. <laughs> everyone's mental health um yeah man but like, I'm, I'm telling you what like i'm just feeling really good um yeah. coming it feels like you know the just this kind of lifeblood of the planet is also pumping through me i'm feeling like i want to move and shake some rust off the body and this is what today's uh podcast is about it's about yes. exercise and movement yahoo Tell me a bit about your exercise and movement, Joe. Well, I don't do enough, yes. <laughs> um, but I am working on it. When you say you don't I'm do very... enough, is there a lot of like guilt involved? You're like, oh, no, no, no. I, it, it, I've been gentle on myself because I was not doing so well this past year with yeah. um, recovering from surgery and adrenal fatigue and stuff like that. So I've been pretty gentle on myself, but yeah. um, you know, I go for walks and run up and down a few stairs but not crazy amounts um i'm i'm really looking forward to getting back into swimming in the lake the kids have been swimming um the last few weeks i'm still a bit of a wuss and i'm like it's cold but i i really need to just yeah, jump in swimming, <laughs> like in cold like that that's really good for you joy like you yeah, know i've been I know. all winter and it's just been amazing for me i know you're amazing i i find it really i've always found it really hard to get in cold water yeah. so yeah, I need to try and – my goal is to get back in the lake this weekend. Yeah. That's yes. my goal. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, are, also, are you going to take your stand-up paddleboard? Yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah. Joe has a blow-up uh, paddleboard. 
which uh, <laughs> sounds like a kid's one when you say blow up paddleboard. Yeah, yeah, and she also has those things you put around the arms. <laughs> what do you call them? Floaties. Floaties. <laughs> yeah, she can go swimming. Yeah, know? she can go swimming in the deep end. She doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And uh, yeah, so she's uh, really, yeah, it's really fun to watch her with floaties. Oh, she doesn't know how to swim, so she's just uh, yeah. Hey, I do life saving. It's cool. did you? Yeah. Have you ever saved a life? Yes, my little brother. Really? Mm-hmm. He was what happened three. to him? Yeah, we, we went swimming at, the, at a big lake up here and yeah. um, it was like a hill going down to the water and we, we weren't really noticing that he'd come running down the hill and he was three and my yeah. friends and my sisters and I were... How old were you? Uh, I would have been 10. Wow. And I turned around and saw him floating face down in the water. And no way. Yeah, wasn't sure how long he'd been there. I just started screaming and running towards him. My dad came flying down the hill and grabbed him. So it was really my dad that saved him, but I alerted him. You, you were the alarm. You I was the, the alarm. Yeah. And um, dad pumped the water out of his lungs and he was okay. No but he, yeah, but he didn't swim. He wouldn't go near water for a long time after that. But then he got over it and he loves swimming and he works for a pool company. He won a prize for yeah. his, um, his design of an underwater pogo stick and it's in a museum in Hong Kong. <laughs> an underwater pogo stick? <laughs> My brother's a bit quirky too. That is, that sounds, I can't even wrap my head around. Like, I can't imagine. Like, what's an, like, how would that even work? You can bounce on the bottom of the pool with the pogo stick. Yeah, but like, are you, like, are you breathing underwater? Or yeah, you've like, got to hold your breath. Ah, okay. But like your whole body goes underwater? But and maybe if you bounce, bounce hard enough, you can bounce up each time. That sounds fun, man. Does he have yeah. a prototype uh, like that yeah. I can try out next time I visit? Oh, I'm sure he probably does. I'm, I'm doing <laughs> it, man. I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I must do it. Can, can you please send me some photos? Maybe we can put them up in the show notes so I can have like a, I'm going to Google this as we speak. Under, okay. Underwater. Water pogo stick. <laughs> It'll be under, it does exist. Oh, oh my God, Joe! Look at that. There's an actual world record for someone scuba gear with an underwater focus. It's amazing. Oh, it's funny. Amazing what people do. That's a good form of exercise, I reckon. Low impact. Yeah, there you go. Fun. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So we're uh, talking to Carl Hemington all the way from uh, New Zealand on our podcast today. Carl is a. a exercise and fitness expert and he's really a wealth of knowledge i i really like uh carl as well as a person yeah, we met him he's a lovely guy yeah yeah do you want to tell people where we met carl yeah we met him at the wellness summit this year yes and um he who, who is he working with that we uh, know um i don't know sorry i forgot but anyway we he was there with somebody he's, that else that we know he's a podcaster on the yeah. network yeah but anyway, we, we got to know him a little bit at the Wellness Summit. He's just such a lovely guy mm. and, um, you know, really a really genuine human being. And we thought we would get him on here to talk about really real exercise, not the stuff that is not really what our bodies need, but the, the natural exercise that we all need. Mm. So um, that's where Fuad and I um, are really interested in that kind of movement it helps when you've been unwell and you need to heal but you still want to exercise so that's what we asked him to talk about 
was really yeah. interesting. Yeah, because I think the wellness industry is really focused on that kind of shredded look, you know, like oh. get, get your summer abs in, you know, and I'm like, my, in five minutes. Yeah, I'm like, it's going to take me 25 years, man. <laughs> <laughs> By then you'll be enough. Yeah. yeah, so I don't want to get my summer abs. I just, I just want to be fit and well and moving and just feeling energetic and I want to be able to walk around and yeah. um, bend down without pain and not, you know, grow stiff as I get older. Yeah. I want to increase my mobility, and this has sort of been the um, our approach to to health anyway. With um, like the the way that we eat, it's not about crash diets and doing things that are not sustainable. It's about the long term for, with food, and also the long term with exercise. And that's what we got Carl to talk about. So he um, he has a, a really good perspective on it. I'll just re- read a little bit uh, about uh, Carl's bio. So Carl is the founder of Best Me, a functional I love it. He's but he uh, capitalized fun and functional. Yeah, <laughs> a functional movement coach and play advocate. He strongly believes that through attaining certain foundational movements and applying the principle of play, everyone will get the most out of life. He knows this as he's also a father and is constantly learning from his daughters. They are often seen playing in the garden, cooking together, or crawling around the backyard playing animals. This is so cool because um, this is, uh, if you guys heard the Move Not podcast that I did as well a few, um, when was it, a year ago or so, yeah. um, that fits right in with that as well. But this is uh, less, um, I guess, information heavy about specific stuff that MoveNet has. It's more for the general public. So I think you really, really enjoy this uh, podcast. Uh, Carl's done a lot of uh, study in exercise. So he's completed a bachelor degree in sport and exercise. He majored in exercise prescription. He has a diploma in exercise science through Mass University. Uh, He has continually upskilled himself with the mind practitioner training, check studies, and um, you can work with Carl online. He'll give the details during the podcast. We'll also put some stuff up on the show notes. But um, have a yeah, have a listen to the podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side. Yay! Carl, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming, bro. I'm very glad to be here, and thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks Mate. for coming. <laughs> yeah, we're so happy. Like we met you at the wellness summit earlier this year, and uh, you had like one of the biggest smiles there. So you like this. Uh, we thought, uh, you know, seeing how we hardly ever talk about exercise on this podcast and the importance of something like that in wellness can't really be disregarded. Um, yeah. Just mm-hmm. need to have you on the podcast to to basically share uh, the wealth of information you have on this topic. But before we get into uh, these questions, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're based, what kind of work you do? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'm basically, first and foremost, I guess I'm a father of two two beautiful little daughters oh. and yeah <laughs> you know it's obviously guided my journey a lot and it's um one of the reasons i do what i do um, or the way i change route anyway um i'm also a i'm the creator of uh, best me best me radio a little um project i have which is a sort of immersion based learning project and then i'm academic director um and part owner of health fit collective which is an integrative uh, gym based in Wellington, um, which has all sorts of different uh, disciplines and, and whatnot under one roof. So that's uh, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> Obviously, there's been a lot that's happened uh, leading up to this point, but I don't know how far you want to get into depth. No, that that's really good. I, you know, I guess go, guys, that's Carl in a nutshell. If you've got nut allergies, please uh, stay away. <laughs> <laughs> this, this. 
Yeah, I don't see how, man. You're such, such an awesome guy. But um, <laughs> one of the things that Joe and I often talk about here is uh, we want to figure out for ourselves and for our communities um, what the best way to exercise is. Because what we see quite often in the fitness world is this um, this idea that's all about you know building muscle, getting speed, you know gains in your ability to lift and getting shredded and things like that. Yeah. And um, really, for people like uh, me and Joe, it's such a, a far-fetched goal from where we're at that we we really don't know where to start. And what, what actually, it's not even a goal that we want at all for ourselves. We want to be able to to age gracefully and to support the body's healing mechanism with exercise and to be able to be resilient as we grow older. And um, there doesn't seem to be much focus in the wellness world around that topic. And we thought we'd bring you in to talk about this. So maybe um, can you give us a little bit of a differentiation between the various types of exercise, the one like what the mainstream is telling us that we should be doing and the one that I just mentioned here. Do they actually meet? Is there... Uh, only room for one or am I dreaming that the goals that I have are you know something that can be achieved no I think that's a that's a great point and all of those are great points and that's the exact reason why we created health fit collective actually is to try and redefine what a gym was because we notice exactly the same things Um, and as you know you know I shared my journey um, with you guys on the um, at the wellness summit Um, but I had gone down that track of actually striving to be bigger and ripped and um you know i got into really good shape and ended up winning you know multiple bodybuilding competitions actually um and <laughs> yeah i think i labeled myself the tree locked in palumpa something like that <laughs> <laughs> you have to explain kind <laughs> yeah. yeah. how tall are you just so that <laughs> I, I was a little bit too tall to qualify as a hobbit. Yeah, so I guess I found myself at this point and, you know, I was bigger and leaner and I probably looked what some might describe as healthy from the outside, but I wasn't very happy. Um, I wasn't able to do the things I really loved, which was to, you know, just be able to trust my body in any environment. You know, I want to go and play outside, throw a ball around, kick ball around, climb a tree, go bushwalking, play touch rugby. Um, you just being able to react and do whatever I want to be able to do. And I found myself being limited, um, you know, in, in those things that I love. And I was like, well, there's something wrong here. It's really easy to get swept up in that in the gym industry as well. So I sort of went back and took a step back and um, started to think about, okay, what is a human body designed to do? So this obviously opened up a whole can of worms. Um, so sorting through them, but yeah, I've developed uh, some some principles around that called uh, my foundational movement principles um, that every human you know should um, and could be able to do, um, and that's not necessarily performance based at all. Um, you know, one of the biggest things I think is a there's, there's a huge misconception. I think we're becoming, in terms of the fitness industry, a little bit more disconnected with what it take, what it is to be human. So, you know, you, you go to a gym because you're told that you should. You're told that you should be exercising. Um, so straight away, um, that's going to be seen as a, a form of punishment. You know, you do it. You know, it's horrible at the time. Um, 
<laughs> you feel a little bit better afterwards. You get that endorphin rush, um, which is great. Most people go into these gyms, they plug their headphones in, they socially isolate themselves as well. You jump on a linear machine, you do these movements that humans aren't even designed to do. You know, might be upside down, pushing weight above your head, uh, <laughs> or doing crunches on the ground, you know, all these ridiculous exercises. Anyway, no judgment to anyone who does that, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, so I decided to deconstruct, um, you know, that, that whole paradigm, I guess, um, which is what led me to, yeah, to creating Health Fit, you know, which is a, you know, a functional movement gym um, that meet people where they're at. Um, we try and create a healthy relationship with movement and the human body. Um, and we also make it a really uh, big point that, you know, movement is only one component of a well-functioning human. Um, you know, and there's so many variables to consider. I think that's really important to note as well. So, yeah, I think, I think you can, you know, become muscular and lean and look good, but I think it's more, you know, it should be ideally a side effect of healthy living as opposed to the objective because that reverse engineering approach can create all sorts of issues, mental and physical as well. That's a good point. Does that make sense? Yeah, it really does. <laughs> Yeah. So, so then, what does a, a normal person who has a normal life that's not fitness focused look for then in terms of what they what their goals around fitness should be? Yeah, I think. I mean, that's going to be highly individual. Um, I guess first of all, you want to think about what you want to do in life, and I can almost guarantee you um, there will be a movement component to it, um, even if your your goal in life is to be a you know, a high achiever in your workplace. You know, we know now that by exercising or moving on a regular basis, that uh, can increase cognitive function. Um, you know, you can increase things like BDNF, neurotrophic factor, which literally just helps upregulate your brain, makes you feel better. Um, you know, we know by doing uh, functional movements like um, climbing a tree or getting in bare feet and moving. Um, we know that that increases working memory. So it can literally uh, help you recall information a lot better. Yeah. So your goal is going to be highly you know, individualized, um, but it doesn't have to be a goal around you know, looking good. It could be uh, anything you want, and the way that you go about that ideally would have some sort of movement component. One of the first places to start, I think, for a lot of people, maybe to challenge your listeners right now, is to ask yourself, um, you know, what is your favorite form of movement or when was the last time you really enjoyed uh, doing something that had a movement component? So find your, trying to find your flavor or, or find, you know, what you enjoy to create that good relationship with movement again. Mm. Yeah. So um, that's, you're talking about from perspective of someone who is, um, trying to go back maybe from a sedentary lifestyle into enjoying movement in some kind of activity? Is that sort of the, the question that yeah. you have? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it might, it might be, if, if it's really sedentary and it's starting at square one, um, then obviously you, you want to be looking for opportunities um, to move. It might be as simple as, um, you know, taking one stop back from the bus and, and walking a little bit further every day. It might be um, just trying progressively to walk more flights of stairs at your workplace or at home. Um, it might be um, standing and sitting out of your seat six times every time you go to get up. 
<laughs> out. It's a good idea. Yeah, I guess it depends on where the level of the person is as well. Sometimes it's just as simple as just um, just getting people moving. And having a buddy, um, having a guide can really help with that too because that's where you can make it a little bit more of a, um, an enjoyable experience. And you can also have that um, accountability factor as well. Mm. So do you, do you do, I'm just curious, um, I'm not really sure how your fitness thing work, um, business works, but do you do all that kind of thing, the buddy type stuff, the guide, on, like yeah. the people online? Yep, yep. Okay. So um, we do a lot of wellness coaching online as well. Right. So, um, and we sort of we go about breaking down, you know, goals, the, the why behind the goals, and then, you know, creating an individualized plan to, to help you get there. And obviously one component of it is, is movement. Yeah. It's a very important part of it, obviously. So, um, so in terms of goals, can you give us an example maybe for somebody that's uh, come to you and they've come from a typically, uh, you know, westernized approach to movement? So like a sedentary office worker or someone who's at home who mostly their um, movement is around um, housekeeping or something like that. Um, what yeah. kind of movement goals can emerge for somebody like that? The world's talking about me. <laughs> Hypothetically, asking for a friend. friend. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, once again, I, I don't like to. I don't like to um, set goals for people. I think it's important that you ask the questions to get the goals out of them. Um, but you know, a simple one. I think it's sometimes it is important to have a tangible um, goal at first. So once you find the primary goal and the why is behind it, they say, well. Ask, ask why six times and then you really find the, the emotive connection. But once you know what they really want in life um, and then you can go about uh, taking away at it and you can put some measurable steps in place. And I've seen people achieve some pretty incredible things in a very, very, you know, relatively short period of time. I mean, one of my friends uh, and you know, clients, Mel, he had a concrete wall collapse on top of him and he oh. broke one in three places and ended up, nearly paraplegic and he sent a goal um, after he found out they could basically um, save his spinal cord. He set a goal of running a marathon one year later. Wow, wow. wow. He did it, which is incredible. That is incredible. Um, you know, if he can do that, you know, um, a year after, you know, nearly losing his movement completely, um, then, you know, anything is achievable. Mm. And I, re- I really have seen some pretty incredible things. But a lot of it comes down to the mindset around movement as opposed to just the movement itself. So what's a healthy mindset around it then? I think, um, I think first of all, we need to change the paradigm around, um, around exercise and maybe change the language around it as well, maybe turn it into more uh, a movement perspective. And you know, as I talked about in the Wellness Summit, it's, um, I think we, we need to re- fall in love with movement again and just really realise um, its potential on how it can impact on their lives in such a positive way. You know, I don't know about you guys, but um, one of the things that keeps me moving and, and keeps me wanting to move is, you know, for, I want to be around for my daughters for a start. Yeah, exactly. Um, you don't want to be um, sort of one of those. My, I just have to tell you this little story. <laughs> my um, father-in-law had an early retirement at 40 
And all he did after that was sit around and watch TV. And um, yeah, he's honestly by 80 something, he's just about to go into a nursing home. And it's so sad. And I just think, you know, my husband's so determined not to end up that way. And um, I get a bit slack with exercise, but when I think of that, I think, oh, I just want to be active right to the end. <laughs> so important. Yeah, no, I, I can't agree more. I think to me anyway, um, part of being a free human is to have that ability to move and not be limited by a movement. Mm. I never want to go traveling and, and, you know, have to sacrifice a really awesome experience just because I can't walk up a hill. Can't climb, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... And the other part to that is actually, I think you can really inspire kids through movements as well. Yeah. So we were living just around the corner in a little place in Mount Victoria, and we had a fig tree right outside of our house. And you know, I don't know how legal this is, but um, it was on public <laughs> land. <laughs> um, no, there was always these beautiful ripe figs um, up the top, and, and no one was, was harvesting it. They were just dropping on the ground and going to waste. Mm. <laughs> Um, I decided to climb up it, you know, my, my six-year-old daughter down below with her bag, um, and she was catching the figs as I climbed up the top and I pulled them off and dropped them down. And, you know, it's just something that she's, um, she's remembered and she often references. Remember that time you climbed up that tree, Dad? I'd like maybe, I just want to focus in on what you said and shifting the, um, maybe the language and the ideas from exercise to movement because exercise is by default like it's saying that you're um, exercising to maybe reach a certain goal and yeah. that it's some kind of chore that you need to do, whereas movement has a very different kind of connotation. So movement is naturally what we should be able to do. Movement yeah. is our birthright in a way. And uh, through the sedentary lifestyle or being in working offices and uh, yeah. sitting in chairs and being in cars all the time, we've lost this natural ability to move. And what you're saying here is that like the shift should be around restoring movement and then improving movement to a place where activities can be done in a way with, that's not burdening for us, like everyday activities or even activities that we enjoy doing that are outdoors or sports-driven or whatever it is, like climbing a tree, should yeah. then become something simple again for us through movement-based exercises? Yeah. Yeah, I think obviously there's a performance layer in there as well. Okay. If that's something that's, you know, it's one of your goals, like if you want to be an elite athlete, obviously there's going to be some, there's going to be some hard work, but it's going to be pleasurable because you're going to be achieving um, those goals. You're going to be doing the thing that makes you feel Mm -hmm. free and happy. Um, I think there's that layer as well. Um, Yeah. But, you know, it's multi, multi multifactorial, but I think if we can integrate movement back into our lives, um, as opposed to seeing it as something completely separate, are there foundational movement patterns that you can talk to us about that a human being should be able to uh, be able to do such because you know we're bipedal and we've got hands and uh, yeah. what can we do with this body well yeah i mean we're pretty lucky right we're um probably the most diverse well, we are the most diverse movers on the planet um it doesn't mean we're the best at everything we're, but we're very well-rounded so um, you know, we can do, um, you know, we're designed to push, pull, rotate, pick up, um, squats, manipulate load, brachiate, which is you know, swinging and climbing, uh, swing, swim, uh, jump, dance. Um, you know, we can do, we can do it all. 
um, and we can do it in every plane of motion as well. We can still crawl like other animals. Um, you know, we can do it in a three-dimensional environment. We can, um, you know, we can create really unique motor patterns that other other animals or other beings on this planet can't do. Um, so we really we've got a pretty awesome opportunity, and we've got a a pretty incredible um, base physiology to work from. Mm. I believe, anyway. Mm. <laughs> so some of the things I believe that um, you know all humans should be able to do. Um, I think the most foundational movement of all is this proper breath, um, just to actually be able to use your diaphragm um, and breathe properly. You know, that's to me, it's kind of interesting that we're, you know, the most functional movement of all. Um, people are having to take courses in now, yeah. very properly. But obviously, there's cause and effect. So they say that you know, if your rib, rib angle drops by about twenty degrees, and your diaphragm function shuts down, and your secondary breathing muscles take over so so is that to do with the way you're sitting and yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. at the moment i'm sort of hunched over the computer a little bit which isn't ideal but i'll make up for it (laughs) (laughs) so you know breath is is a good is one of the most foundational and then things like actually getting in bare feet and connecting with the earth our feet are pretty um intense little pieces of software so you know we've got about a quarter of the joints in our body are in our feet uh, we've got just as many neural uh, connections as we do in our hands, so they're very, very um, sensory-based. Uh, and um, they have a de- direct correlation with other parts of our physiology. So just by getting in bare feet and allowing them to move properly versus locking them up in uh, what, what I call foot lockers, which are tight shoes, um, can actually have huge physiological benefits on our body. Um, Another one is just the flat foot deep squat. So the ability to sit comfortably with your heels on the ground in a deep squat position. You know, that is a natural human resting position. You know, it's also um, a position that's, uh, you know, obviously humans, <laughs> you know, not many in the Western world now, it used to go to the toilet in. So <laughs> it's a position that as a human, I think we should be able to do. Obviously through the invention of chairs, um, that sort of uh, that takes a little bit of that, that ability away, unfortunately. But it's sort of it's a movement we can bring back as well. Why is it that some people find it so difficult and some don't? Is it just um, because they've sat so much? I don't know. Because I've always found it really easy to squat, and others yeah. I know find it very difficult. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a few things. I think you know, there's a whole user or loser principle. Yeah. So, you haven't done it in a long time, then some postural adaptation that happens. Mm-hmm. So your muscles and joints basically um, adapt to you near know, the most common positions that they spend time in. Um, so if you come across any of you know Katie Bowman's work, for example, and move your DNA, we know that postures, pressures, and uh, every single movement has an effect right down to the DNA level. So become oh, very wow. fast. yeah. So it has a really strong epigenetic effect. Oh. Um, so obviously, I've never even thought of epigenetics with movement. Yeah, that's no, it's pretty fascinating, actually. Yeah, that's um, it's pretty interesting. And then I think there's obviously um, there are other issues. So there's there's certain genetic things around uh, joints. So you know, hip, hip structures can be different in many people. So you can have what's called antiverted and retroverted hips, where some people's hips rotate in a little bit and some people's rotate out. 
a little bit further, which is going to make it a little bit easier to get into that deep squat. Yeah. Where you place your feet um, can have a big influence on that. Mm. And then, yeah, so um, high heels actually can have a, a very <laughs> restricting uh, element through the hips as well. And that would change into the whole way your, your hips are loaded. Yeah. Um, so just by having a lack of mobility through those ankles will, will change everything from mm. the feet, unfortunately. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think that's most of the contributors to the deep squat. And it's, it can take a long time to get back, like years, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Mm. I guess I grew up mostly in bare feet. What was that? Sorry? Some of us are a bit lower to the ground as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a way to travel. My ears block when I squat. <laughs> it's very pressure. Um, but uh, Carl, I'm, um, I'll give you, for instance, my story. So um, I used to be uh, quite overweight at 128 kilos, and uh, I have flat feet, and movement was always a really big, difficult thing for me because I had to move that kind of weight around. And I also had a lot of inflammation in my body, so yeah. that was really problematic in the foundational years for me never also had asthma and things like that so I couldn't try and it wasn't until 31 when I started eating a whole food that diet that things started improving for me yeah. so I never had those foundations in place uh, for good movement patterns and um, what um, what sort of stops me from exercising is uh, body pain so I have this like chronic pain um, that's yeah. With me, I still haven't been able to overcome fully all the challenges that I've had. But one of the lingering things is this uh, body pain in my back and in my fascia. And yeah. um, when I do something like running, uh, I wake up the next day and I'm uh, so stiff I can't even move my neck. So like my body gets inflamed from that kind of impact-based uh, exercise. And um, yeah. what I started doing is I. Um, I live in the Blue Mountains, so there's no functional gyms where I am. Um, yeah. Back when I went to a, a CrossFit gym, I pushed myself into uh, severe adrenal fatigue, and I, yeah. I was yeah. in four months. Um, yeah. But um, going back to the gym now, I'm, I'm feeling energetic and well to the point where I can start moving again, right. and some resistance training. So I'm going to the gym. I'm not really pushing it heavy with the weights or anything like that. Just trying to get the muscles to um, yeah. have some resistance against them and to move, you know, in various planes. And um, I, I, don't, I don't like the uh, fact that I'm in a gym. I feel like I'm uh, a rat on a wheel. That's sort of, uh, yeah. like in, a, in terms of um, my... Um, it has place, yeah. Uh, sorry, yes. So, like, my, my feeling is, like, I really, ideally, I would love to be able to have all my movement uh, required requirements met by my lifestyle through being more outdoors, but that can't be facilitated for me. So I have to go to the gym, totally to do these kinds of things. But um, I'm not sure whether what I'm doing is the right thing. So maybe I'd, I'd like to know from you for someone who's sort of recovering from illness, yeah. Uh, and I don't have athletic goals. What I want to have is I want I want to oxygenate my tissues i want to get my blood flowing and i want to improve mobility i want to maintain and in increase strength 
as I age. I don't have immediate goals of strength gains, but I have long-term uh, to maintain my, my strength as I, as I grow older. So can you talk to us a bit about how a person like me would go, go yep. about um, yes. yeah, like that? So yeah, I, I probably didn't explain enough before, but um, I think the gym definitely has its place, by the way. You know, it's, a, it's a potential training ground you know, for life or for <laughs> getting it back into your, into your life again. Um, where to start is, that it's, once again, it can be individual, but one thing that's often not taken into account is, um, you guys have probably talked about this many times, but uh, autonomic nervous system function. So, um, you know, we know that, you know, with that, just a quick brief, so we've got the autonomic nervous system, which is a branch of our, our nervous system that's responsible for what we used to think was um, involuntary functions in the body. We've got two arms of that, which is, you know, the parasympathetic nervous system, which is otherwise known as, you know, your resting And then you've got your um, sympathetic nervous system, which is like your, your fight and flight mode. And what we know is if you're operating too much in, you know, fight and flight mode, you're going to be quite uh, quite inflammatory if you, if you have your foot on the accelerator too much. Um, so one of the worst things you could be doing in that adrenally fatigued state or the um, sympathetic nervous system state is um, is going to a CrossFit workout. It's going to send you straight back into um, adrenal overload and it's, it's, it's going to leave you to crash. Um, so I break that down into, actually I borrow this term off um, Paul Check, and that is uh, working in versus working out. So there's certain movements um, or, or forms of movement um, uh, that I call, well, that he calls working in, which are basically movements that give you energy. Um, so things that involve a lot of breath and flow. Uh, the general goal to general gauge for working in is you should be able to hold conversation. Um, so, you know, while things like... While energy. exercising, you mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. Sorry, while exercising. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this, you know, your yoga, you know, might be like your animal flow. You might do some some uh, multi-directional movement patterns, but, you know, with, with a breathing element to it um, versus a workout, which is what we classically know as a gym workout, which is either lifting really, really heavy weights, doing your high-intensity interval training or your CrossFit-style workout, um, which has its place as well if you're in a, you know, a homeostatic state, I guess. So a good place to start is to work. Homeostatic for uh, listeners is when you're balanced. You're not um, you're not pushed into fight or flight. You're in a rested, um, healthy state. Is that what you think? Yeah, that's you're reasonably well balanced. But if you're yeah. bouncing back from you know illness or adrenal fatigue, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say you want to be doing more working in versus working out. Yeah. In saying that, you know there is some research showing that. You know, resistance training, for example, which you're doing a bit of at the moment, um, is really good for lowering, lowering inflammatory markers. Um, so it can have a, a positive effect on uh, lowering inflammation and starting, uh, and it actually can have some immune boosting effects as well. Okay. Um, but I suspect that, you know, the way it's been conducted is it's a reasonably low level. That doesn't mean doing a massive two hour, you know, bodybuilding style um, thrashing. <laughs> that would be more, you know, doing some um, some reasonably light, um, you know, full range of motion um, resistance exercise. It sounds like you're probably doing fly. Yeah, that's that's sort of where I've come to just recently because I have a like 
whenever I try to exercise in the ways that, say, gym instructors have always told me, yeah. I found myself, like, in the beginning getting energized, but then crashing very quickly and having that kind of inflammation come back very, very quickly. Yeah. I'm trying to avoid repeating the same mistake by sort of going more slowly, just giving, like, I've, I'm feeling that these exercises that I'm doing for my muscles now, they're, they're not um, there to really... Um, deplete them so that they can you know go through like very uh, strong hormesis where yeah. like they have, it's more it's more about giving them a form of nourishment because like if, um, like katie bowman talks about it you mentioned her earlier that exercise is a in her view is a form of nourishment for the body mm. so um like a, a bicep is nourished by its movement and yeah. so are the, the triceps and um, yeah. if I and through the resistance that these muscles encounter and it need not be uh, geared towards like heavy weights or he- like, you know, heavy for what you can carry yeah. so I'm not challenging my body I'm just giving it basically the weights that it can carry yeah. just need that kind of movement does that, does that sound like a good approach? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, we've got a little tool here in the gym as well. And, you know, I think it's really important to, to recognize yourself. And for me as a movement specialist, as well, to recognize in my clients that, you know, everyone is different from day to day as well. Yes. So we've got a little questionnaire. Well, we ask questions as well to our clients. And that's, okay, first of all, have you had at least six hours sleep? Mm-hmm. Um, are you well hydrated today? Are you well nourished food-wise today? Mm-hmm. Are you feeling inflammatory? Um, have you had any top, uh, any um, emotional, um, emotionally challenging events in the last couple of days? Uh, the autonomic nervous system again, and your levels of inflammation. So um, it's really important to consider where you're at on that day. And I suspect if you answered, um, you know, uh, negatively to some of those questions, then I'll just back off a little bit. And, you know, move still, but move lightly. Maybe just do some body weight exercises that day. And if you're feeling really good, you've ticked yes to all those questions, then that's an indication you might be able to pick, uh, push a little bit harder. Um, and then also note how you feel afterwards, you know, one to three hours afterwards. Um, if you're feeling good still, that's a good sign. And then note how you feel the next day as well. Are you feeling better, worse, or about the same? So those can give you an indication as to you know, how hard you should be pushing as well. Mm. That's really interesting. And, and a daily movement regimen like that you think is uh, needed? Uh, because, you know, people sometimes do gym work or movement work, say, three times a week. What, what's your view on that? Yeah, no, I think um, with a few things, we're obviously, you know, the, they have that push for 30 minutes a day. But, you know, as humans, we're designed to move for the majority of the day. Um, I, I'd say like Katie Bowman says as well, get a well-balanced movement diet into your, um, into your life. So don't do the same things over and over again. Um, look to, if you've got a trainer, ask for them to set you up with some different routines perhaps. Um, look at the different elements of movement because there's so many. You know, there's strength training as part of it. Uh, you know, you've got some mobility work. Um, you can do linear loaded stuff, which is more machine-based work. Or you can do dimensional loaded work um, as well. Mm-hmm. You might want to get a play element in, into your routine at some stage, like literally throw a ball around or play some games. It has a whole lot of endocrine, uh, positive endocrine responses as well, which is good for us. Um, you might want to get your, your metabolic systems, so maybe your cardiovascular, only if you're feeling like your system's up to it because 
cardiovascular training um, can be a little bit immune suppressing, especially for longer duration. So I'd be a little bit cautious of pushing too hard in terms of your endurance work. Um, and then looking at, you know, if you want to have it, this is a little bit more technical, but looking at the different movement patterns, as I've said before, you know, you've got gait, which is you've got push, you've got pull, you've got rotation. Are you picking things up? Are you squatting? Um, you know, are you practicing your hanging or your brachiating? Um, your climbing? You know, all of these things are things worth, worth considering as well. Hmm. So, yeah, um, ask yourself if you're getting a well-balanced movement diet. Um, hmm. Try not to do the same thing over and over again because, you know, what do they say? If nothing changes, nothing changes. So yeah, uh, and then add that progressive load in. So just slowly increase that, that intensity. Um, adapt, you know, just allow your system to uh, have the ability to adapt. Um, I've got a few questions about just say you're recovering from surgery um, or childbirth or something like that. What's the best kinds of exercise to start with? Yeah, I mean, surgery would depend on... What surgery it is, I suppose. Well, I had a hysterectomy at the start of the year and it set me back so far with all my Mm. um, exercise and I found that when I did start to try and exercise again, just 10 minutes of running up and down stairs, even five minutes. I was so dead. One day it um, made me crash for 24 hours. I was in bed for 24 hours. So obviously adrenal fatigue was part of my problem and I have come <clears throat> further along since then because uh, that was a couple of months ago. Um, but it's still kind of like I'm still hesitant to push myself too far and I know when I first had the surgery, it was six weeks afterwards, they say you can exercise again. I sort of started doing a bit, but I just wasn't ready. And, I'm, yeah, and I think it's the same with, you know, women who, who um, have a baby or something like that. It's difficult to know how much is good for your body. Like where do you, where do you push to? <laughs> yeah. oh, no, that's, well, there's a couple of things to note there. You know, you've got... Um, by the way, I'm not, I'm not talking rubbish. I just, just let your listeners know as well. I, I do clinical rehab work as well. Uh, oh, awesome. So I do a little bit of work with the sports doctors and physios. So from them. Yeah. But um, with local inflammation, so, you know, where, you know, you have the surgery, you'll yeah. get something, um, you may get something called neural inhibition, which mm-hmm. means it literally will um, shut down a lot of the muscles around that area. Oh. And, uh, so quite often it can be as simple as getting some, um, isometric work in so say if you've had something around uh, you know childbirth or hysterectomy you might even just start with trying to gently uh, reconnect with your pelvic floor muscles or mm. um, your transverse abdominus which is that muscle that draws your belly button in towards your spine right or getting a breathing pattern you do you yeah. do that in I, I usually do pilates that's my main exercise sure. but I, even that I pulled back from because I was just wasn't yeah. sure but that exercise you're talking about pulling the belly button in that's one of the first ones you work on with the yeah. Pilates. So, you know i think you could think stop ways you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. just get part of your pelvic floor working again and yeah holds and you're drawing that belly button in especially when you're going from sitting to standing or right standing over and getting up just to give you a little bit of stability around the pelvis mm-hmm. be useful um but yeah so i mean god it's a you know, those things are, are big stresses on the body. Yeah, so. I've fi- I figured that out <laughs> the hard way. Yeah, yeah. I can relate. You know. but, 
that's where I always look at, okay, what are the other elements of wellness? You know, what, what, yes. what can I control? You know, like, and obviously you've got a lot of the things right with your, your nutrition and hydration, how are your sleep patterns? Yeah. Um, is your mindset? Are you doing meditation you know, to mm-hmm. calm that nervous system and put you into a healing space? Um, you know, you look at those other other ways of avoiding screens late at night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That blue I'm trying light. to. I'm trying to. Yeah, it's hard. Netflix is calling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. So, you know, what other controllables can you control? Because I think it's going to be more important than ever that you know you get those things right. If you, mm. if you can't move for a period of time, your body's not ready for it. Then yeah, you work on all those other things as well. Yeah, yeah. but usually there's something you can do whether it's isometric work, whether it's even doing some, some movement away from the site. So, you know, if you can... Arms or whatever. Out, yeah, because, you know, you're going to get that endocrine response, you yeah. know. So, for example, um, one of my mentors actually he did his PhD and he studied uh, breast cancer mm-hmm. and resistance training. And he had a lot of uh, post-breast cancer patients doing resistance training on other parts of their body. And it found that it had a really positive... Uh, systemic effect on them. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so with the inflammatory markers especially, um, it was really, really beneficial. So it was a system-wide, like it wasn't isolate, isolated to the area where they were exercising, the, the whole system benefited from it. Yeah, so not just, there be it was local, well, there will be local um, benefit as well. Mm. But um, yeah, it actually had an effect on the entire system. So, you know, um, just because, you know, one limb might be taken out, for example, you might have a broken ankle. It doesn't mean you can't work on your fitness. You just have to change the way you do it. Yeah. So there's a lot of other tools that you can use to, to keep that going. Yeah. You mentioned something like animal flow earlier. And like the, these types of uh, movement practices are starting, like there's all sorts of people, all sorts of programs that are out there saying, yeah. um, you know, this kind of program will help you create this type of natural movement. Can you name a few um, programs that uh, you like? Do you have any yourself that are geared towards that kind of natural movement that allows people to uh, increase their mobility and strength at home without having to sort of go to the gym? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, those things don't have to be mutually exclusive as well, which is why I like some of the, there's the more um, integrated approaches, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, if some of the ones I really enjoy, Animal Flow is one of them. Um, I really enjoy that program. You've got Daryl Edwards and Primal Play, um, which I love his work, um, which is connecting with primal movements, but also adds that really uh, strong play element to it. I think that's cool. Um, <laughs> that's a funny uh, sound to it. Um, you've got uh, MoveNet, which I really like. Um, I haven't actually done a qualification, but I've read up a lot on that. We've interviewed him, haven't we? Yeah. yeah I, I did a movement course for like, you know, for the general public. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, it was really oh, quite, awesome. yeah, yeah really, really good. Like uh, my problem with it is there was no sort of something to take home with me. Like I didn't feel like there was yeah. some, like I I did did it there. I did the the, uh, the class, but I. Like I would have really liked some kind of follow up afterwards that yeah. says you know like you know get into this kind of thing. Let's you know like something that is um, gonna guide you when you, to integrate these things back at home. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean these you know these programs all have their positives and negative uh, side effects. You know like movement is amazing because it reconnects you with being you know, human. But you're right, it is generally um, from what I understand a little bit less structured. Yeah. Uh, Animal flow has got a little bit more um, structure to it, but it's quite different again. It's mostly ground-based stuff. 
small build lot actually standing on your feet, which is obviously how we're trying to operate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then primal play has a very strong play element to it. You know, um, it's just a little bit less prescriptive again. So these can be fun, but they're a little bit looser. Um, and I'm probably a little bit like you as well, Fuad. I quite like to have um, a progressive plan. Mm, I do too. Yeah, so I quite like to have, um, I take elements of these um, and my own sort of ideas around movement and I'll, um, I'll work on the foundations and then I'll progress them when that individual is, you know, is ready. And you can take it in a thousand different ways. You're only really limited by your imagination, really. Mm. Yeah, wonderful. So um, maybe um, one thing around uh, people with autoimmune diseases yeah. and the kind of exercise they can do, because um, I'm not sure really what the science says about how exercise triggers the immune system. And yeah. for I know a lot of people with autoimmune diseases, when they exercise, it actually increases their pain or their inflammation. So do you know anything about that? that you yeah, well, Interesting. I did do a review on this in the low carb podcast. I think it was recently, and I did some um, some paper reviews. And one of them was on uh, the link between uh, it was exercise and the microbiome. And I stumbled across a whole lot of research on how actually um, they've only studied it in sort of very measurable linear cardiovascular exercise, and how it can actually have a very positive effect on you know the human microbiome. Um, and also, in particular, it had a really positive effect on actually concealing um, the, the gut wall. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know you guys have talked about the, you know, the gut health link in the, uh, with autoimmunity. So I thought that was quite interesting. But then you've got you know, the, the reduced uh, inflammatory markers through resistance training as well um, that we know in terms of research. But... You know, the things that haven't been researched are, you know, how, uh, you know, the 3D movement or how actually, um, you know, getting in bare feet and, you know, practicing some, some basic human movements, that's, that's really hard to measure. So I don't know what sort of effect that has on um, autoimmunity or inflammatory markers or anything like that. Mm. So, yeah, I think that, um, you know, going about it in the same way as what we talked about before, um, you know, what, are those, what are those ends you know, in terms of autoimmunity? What are the controllables we can control? I think it's really important to note. And then gauging um, the type um, and the intensity of the exercise based on how that individual is at that day. In saying that, I've also noticed um, people with, I've had some people with chronic fatigue um, and probably adrenal fatigue as well, that the energy levels were constantly low. And, you know, it was obviously probably at that complete exhaustion phase. And just by actually having a basic discipline of coming in daily and really struggling, even though the exercise wasn't particularly intense, um, has actually pulled them out of that um, particular state. So I think there's... That's interesting. Yeah, it's really hard to gauge on, you know, when to push and when to back off. But I think having a practice is really important. So you think maybe it could be beneficial for people with adrenal fatigue and chronic fatigue to have a small regular schedule yeah i think and just slowly build on that and um because sometimes people say with adrenal fatigue i guess it depends how bad you are yeah but sometimes they say no no movement at all until you pull out of it a bit more yeah but i just wasn't sure about that yeah well i think like if it's complete exhaustion phase you're not going to have much at all and that's true could kick you back into um if you go into 
you know, like a CrossFit workout and kick. Oh no, of course no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, you know, we see these positive effects from those um, less intense movement. Practices. Can you give some examples of what kind of movement? Yeah. So um, starting with. Uh, you know, your, your Tai Chi or yoga, some restorative yoga can be really useful to start. You know, that's, uh, you know, has a positive effect on uh, the autonomic nervous system, getting you back into that uh, rest and digest mode. So that can be a really good place to start. Just as simple as going for a, a daily walk yeah. um, in the sunshine as well. That obviously nourishes us on many levels. And probably where you are, you're going to get a lot more sunshine than where you are. <laughs> 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 Until the wet season. <laughs> <laughs> then it's only then it's 26 degrees and wet instead, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so you're starting slow, having a mindful element to it and just making that progression very, very small, noting how you feel before and after. Um, some other styles might be uh, a progress someone into some basic calisthenics work, so some basic body weight exercises as simple as body weight squats in and out of a chair, practicing um, a basic crawl pattern, um, a static hang, hanging from a bar, just things that um, challenge the system and challenge your connective tissues and your joints and your muscles in, uh, in simple but effective ways mm-hmm. can be useful as well. Well, that's good to know. Thanks. <laughs> so, Carl, um, let it, tell us, how can someone work with you and what kind of programs do you offer for, um, you know, our audience is mainly Australian. Uh, we do have some people in New Zealand, but maybe you can tell us about your online offerings first. Yeah. Yeah, so we do um, a range of different things. We do online coaching um, in which we, you know, we set up exercise regime and wellness plans. We do epigenetic uh, testing and coaching as well. So we look at... Um, people's genetic profiles and what life has done to them up until this point. And we do um, coaching around that, and that involves everything from movement, uh, nutrition, um, social environments, uh, mindset, psychology, um, your circadian rhythms that are suited to your body. Um, There's a whole lot of different elements to that. That's probably a whole podcast in itself. (laughs) we do that via Skype or Zoom as well. Um, yeah, so in term, we run regular workshops and we record them as well. So if people wanted to tune in, um, you can find them at healthfitcollective.co.nz. Um, and, yeah, you'll find some of our online content. Every week we post um, a little, you know, one to five minute little snippet video and it might be an exercise or a little uh, wellness tip or even a discussion point um, every single week. So that's just a free little um, tidbit of information every week for our... Uh, on Facebook? That one's actually, that's through our website. Okay. So we subscribers get to get them. Yep, but we do little bits and pieces on Facebook as well. I'm regularly posting on my um, my Instagram, sort of a bit more about, you know, the behind the scenes stuff. So I think like you two, actually, I'm into my, you know, my foraging and um, <laughs> get out in the wild quite a lot. And so I do... I, you get a little insight as to what I do in terms of my movement and wellness practice. Yeah, what's, your, what's your Instagram? Instagram is Beast Me Community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where's your gym base, Carl? It is right on the waterfront in Wellington, actually. So we've got a we're on a wharf that juts out into the 
to Wellington Harbour. So oh, nice. Pretty lucky. We're pretty lucky. Yeah, it's, lovely. That's awesome. Yeah, I did a little wolf jump yesterday, actually, in the, in the cold weather, and it was quite <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like my kind of thing. Yeah. Another way to get your uh, mitochondria working well, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cold exposure. and yeah. uh, I love it. It's, it's been such a cool thing for me to um, get cold adapted again this winter. And uh, a lot of yeah. people think I'm crazy, but I've just had some <laughs> benefit. And, well, he is crazy, uh, but it's yeah. also yeah. I think a little bit of crazy is good, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all crazy. like uh, In, in our own way. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But um, hey, Kyle, this this was really great. I think a really good introduction for people to sort of get to know where they can start if they're sick, if they're not feeling great, and they haven't really been exercising for a while. There's a you know really good tips here for us. Thank you so much. But I think we'd love to have you again, maybe for some um, listener questions, um, maybe sometime this year if we can manage it. It would be awesome. Love uh, hearing you talk, and uh, really thank you so much for being on the show again. Absolute, absolute pleasure, guys, and, and this has been really fun. And thanks thank for you, you know sharing a little bit of your your story with me as well. I feel really honoured. Thank you. Thanks to you. <laughs> this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.